Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, we'll take one more day to reflect back on the Raiders' victory over the Kansas City Chiefs and also talk about those outlets out there that refuse to give the Raiders props on the victory. Why that's just lazy. That plus a whole lot more comes up on Wednesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, December 27th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just win. Your team just every win. day. Just win. Welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. To get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, thank you so much. We definitely appreciate that. And I'll tell you right now, man, as the year is winding down, there's only a few more days left in 2023. Looking at the numbers, like the podcast downloads in general, incredible. Looking at the YouTube subscriptions, incredible. And that's all due to you, Raider Nation. So thank you so much for giving us a few minutes of your time each and every day. We definitely appreciate that whenever you get the opportunity. And thank you to Ari, who does a great job making sure we're up on YouTube or we would have no YouTube subscriptions. But he's done an incredible job since taking over and making sure that we have a show up on YouTube. Over 10,000 subscriptions of the Lockdown Raiders podcast YouTube page. So again, thank you to Raider Nation and thanks to my man Ari. You can check out Ari on Twitter at Ari Produces. You can hit me up as well at your boy Q254. And we got the Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. Your calls and texts will come up in segment number three as they normally do on the regular, right? Segment number three will get as much feedback in as possible. As you can imagine, there's a lot of happy Raider Nation. So we'll get a lot of those calls and texts uh, coming up in segment number three. Segment number two, we're going to talk about the outlets that are out there, national outlets, folks that are out there, podcasts, all kind of people out there that don't want to give the Raiders their true props on that victory and more want to talk about the Chiefs and what's wrong with them and why I think that that's just, well, lazy. We'll talk about that coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, news and notes of the day, just stuff that I was able to collect uh, from Tuesday, including uh, being able to talk to a head coach, Antonio Pierce, for a few minutes as well at his press conference at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. Before we get into any of that, though, I do want you to know today's show is being brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. That is game time. So let's go ahead and jump into the news and notes. Of course, the Raiders get the 20-14 to 14 victory, improve their overall record to 7-8, and eight, and just add a few little defensive nuggets I wanted to pass along off top. The Raiders' defense has allowed a touchdown on just five of their last 37 drives. That's 13.5%. That's incredible. Five out of the last 37 defensive drives have resulted in touchdowns for the other team. That's pretty stinking impressive. The Raiders have the eighth best scoring defense in the NFL. They haven't had a scoring defense in the top half of the league since their 0-2 Super Bowl run. Credit to defensive coordinator Patrick Graham for what he's done with that unit in Vegas. That comes from Jonathan Jones from CBS Sports. And then our old pal Josh DeBow from the AP, right? He put out uh, some stats as well about the defensive unit after Antonio Pierce took over as the interim head coach. He said Raiders defensive ranks since AP took over as head coach. Points per, uh, per game allowed, 15.3. That ranks first. Defensive touchdowns, four. That ranks first. Sacks per game, 3.43. That's fourth. Takeaways per game, 1.9, tied for sixth. Yards carry allowed, 3.93. That's 10th. Yards per play allowed, 4.99. That's 11th. And passer rating allowed, 87. That's 16th. That's all in the upper half with the passer rating being right dead in the middle 
of all the defensive rankings in the NFL. If you could have that kind of a defense consistently, you're going to win a lot of games. They're getting closer and closer to that 40 and 20. They're already at the 40 sack mark, but they're getting closer and closer to the 20 takeaways. They're not going to get 20 interceptions unless they get eight interceptions in the next two games, which, hell, the way that they're going, who knows? But no, I mean, really, they're not going to do that, but they've already got the 21 takeaways. If you combine the, the, the interceptions and the fumble recoveries as well, they're already at 21. So uh, really, that was the target number when the season started, as far as I was concerned, 40 and 20. And it looks like that they have an opportunity to not only get that number as they're there, but also uh, really kind of full steam ahead, go right past that number. But uh, big ups to the Raiders defense uh, and what they've been able to do, not only all season, but really how they've ratcheted things up since Antonio Pierce became the interim head coach. Also, I wanted to update you on the viewership of the game. Like a lot of people were talking about the Ravens, the way that they beat the 49ers and how that was a great Monday night game. Well, maybe the Raiders should have played Monday night football. Maybe it should have been Raiders and Chiefs Monday night football, which I'm sure uh, the Raiders were happy that it wasn't because I'm sure it would have been really, really cold <laughs> in, in Arrowhead at night. But check this out. The viewership of the game, the Raiders Chiefs Christmas Day game on CBS Sports and Nickelodeon had 29 plus million viewers. It was the most watched Christmas Day game since 1989. Now, it was also, like I said, CBS Sports and Nickelodeon because it was the Slimecast. So you've got to go ahead and understand that there's going to be an uptick because of that. But 29-plus million viewers is impressive. And just let you know, Raiders-Chiefs, even though that rivalry has not been what the rivalry is supposed to be, what we remember it being back in the day, uh, when the Raiders are good and playing at a high level, it's, it's a good thing. And, and people will tune in to watch. And, of course, the Chiefs, people are tuning in to watch as well to see if they ever get right, if they can figure things out, if they can end up being that Patrick Mahomes team that everyone's used to seeing. But I thought that was pretty impressive. Wanted to pass that along. 29-plus million viewers for the Christmas Day game, Raiders and Chiefs. I also wanted to pass along and let you hear a couple sound bites from Antonio Pierce's uh, press conference that he had at the Intermountain Health Performance Center on Tuesday. We'll get another opportunity to talk to him on Friday, but – uh, the first question and answer from AP, this is fantastic, was on how he'll state his case to Mark Davis about keeping the job, and it has a follow-up in it as well. But really good answer here from Antonio Pierce. Check it out. My resume's on the grass. Which one? I can put up a fancy presentation. I've seen that before. I can put up stats. I can put up my resume. Um, but the best thing that happened for me was opportunity. And as like I said this maybe last week, you know, the worst day I was going to be as a head coach was my first day. And these days, my job, and, and I really take pride in growing each and every day to get better. No different than when I was a player, to get better. And by the end, you know, you look at it, whatever your career was and whatever my coaching career is, that you sit there and say, look, yeah, that's what he was. And hopefully Mark Davis sees uh, improvement and growth within our team. He sees the style and play that he wants from the Raiders. He sees a fan base that's behind us. He sees a building that loves coming to work and loves being here and people that's covering the team, enjoying covering the team. And at the end of the day, we got to win. And right now, my record, our record is four and three. What role will be beating Kansas City play in that? Oh, so we're what, two and one in division? Yeah. Beating those guys at home, how many, how many times has that happened in the last 25 years with the Raiders? Does anybody know? Not much. Yeah. <laughs> I right. exact number. Less than, less than a handful, right? So let's go three. Most of those guys were, you know, gurus. Not a defensive coach who never did it before, right? And did it a certain way, right? Did it our way, right? The Raiders' way, right? He'll figure that out. Love that answer. Love how he started that answer. My resume is on the grass. 
<laughs> what I've already been able to do and, and accomplish as the interim head coach with these guys playing the way that they are in the locker room is really all he needs to do, right? I love the fact that he said, I can put a presentation together. I can do this, that, and the other. Been there, done that. But you're seeing, you know, you're seeing the results on the field, and that's where he has the big advantage in this whole process is that he has an opportunity to actually show what he can do, show what kind of coach he could be. And, oh, by the way, this is with someone else's staff. This is without a whole training camp. This is without a whole offseason. This is with just throwing in, in the fly, on the fly November 1st and say, hey, do what you can do with this. And so far, 4-3 and three is the record since he's taken over as interim coach. So here's Antonio Pierce on how he felt when he saw Colton Miller sub himself in to the game late when the Luminor went down, and he did. He, Colton Miller did not play all game long but was there and available. He was dressed, and as soon as Jermaine Illuminor went down, they had to kick Thayer Mumford over to the right side. Colton Miller ran down the sideline, grabbed his helmet, and checked himself into the game. Here's Antonio Pierce on that scenario that shook out, that sequence, and then a follow-up by me as well. Yeah, really shocking. I mean, when it happened, I just looked around, looking for the offensive line coach and Cam, Carm and Cam. And, all right, who's going in? And I just saw the 6'8 dude running to grab his helmet. I'm like, what is he doing? Because uh, we're trying to take care of him, be smart. And he said, I'm ready. And what I'm going to say, I just fell back and I watched. And that's what you expect out of a, a leader, a captain on your team. When the game's on the line, his name wasn't even called. His number wasn't even called. He called it himself, and I'm going to fall back and watch. And that's what we did. How much does that tell you about your team, that everyone's willing to sacrifice, even though they're not healthy? You didn't have to call him. He was ready for the assignment. I mean, it goes even to Josh Jacobs right before the game. I mean, I thought he was going to play. He thought he was going to play. He couldn't play. And it was in the best interest that he didn't play. And that's what I'm going to do. It was in the best interest of the players. But it, it, it just shows, man, you know, you know, I remember this question was asked, maybe not to me, but one of our players, what are we playing for? And that's it's, it's kind of disrespectful. You know, what are you here for? Why are you here working? Why are you covering us? It's your job. You get paid to cover. We get paid to play. Got 17 games, 18 weeks. It's our job until, you know, there's nothing left, and then we go in off offseason. So what it shows you is guys that love football. We got guys that love football here, that are passionate about it, that got pride about it, that have, you know, uh, a, a sense of uh, commitment to their family and to this organization, and that you respect. I love the answer to the follow-up. And the reason I did is there was a lot of people, and I've had people tweet at me when I was doing, you know, the pregame show for different home games at Allegiant Stadium, saying, oh, this game is meaningless. This game is pointless. This game is dumb. What are they playing for? There's no reason to play. They need to lose the rest of the season and worry about a draft pick. And I love how Antonio Pierce said that somebody asked a player in the locker room, what are you playing for? And I, I remember that. I was there when they asked that question. I just don't remember who actually asked the question. And I love how he said that that was disrespectful. Because they are playing for a lot. They have a lot to play. And I've said it so many times, regardless who wants to listen to it or not, nobody, and I mean nobody in that Raiders locker room, cares where the Raiders are selecting their draft pick next year. Because a lot of those guys know that they won't be on the team next year. And they want to win. Winning's fun. They don't want to lose and be like, oh, that's the team that uh, earned the number one pick overall. They don't care about that. They don't want no parts of that. I love the answer that AP gave there. Just got a couple more from his, uh, inter his uh, interview, his little press conference that he had at the Intermountain Health Performance Center on Tuesday. And before we actually uh, get into that, I want you to hear what Michael Strahan had to say uh, about Antonio Pierce from the Fox broadcast uh, following the game against Kansas City. And they were uh, one of those outlets that was talking about Kansas City wasn't prepared for the game. But watch what Michael Strahan says about Antonio Pierce and what he's doing with the Raiders as far as uh, you know, leading the team. 
that Raider bunch, they were ready to play. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to say Kansas City wasn't ready to play. I'm going to say the Raiders probably came in and hit him in the mouth before they knew what was going yeah. on. And, and next thing you know, it got out of hand. But Antonio Pierce has done an incredible job there with the Raiders yep. as the head coach. And this is not with mm-hmm. his staff. He inherited this staff from Josh McDaniels when he was coaching there. So I would love to see Antonio Pierce have the opportunity to coach this Raider team as the permanent head coach. I think he deserves it. And this win today was a statement towards how great he is as a coach and as a motivator and a leader of men, which is what he did for me with the Giants, is what he's doing now no as question. a coach for the Raiders. So there's Michael Strahan, former teammate of Antonio Pierce talking about. I'm not saying that the Chiefs weren't prepared. I'm saying AP is doing the same thing that he was doing as a player on this team that I was on that we won a Super Bowl with. I thought that that was really cool. A great statement by Michael Strahan, who has a a gold jacket. He's a Hall of Famer. So I asked AP about Strahan's comments, and this is what he had to say. Check it out. Michael Strahan said on the broadcast that you're doing with this team what you did with your team that you guys won a ring with. What does that mean when a guy like Strahan's talking about you on national TV like that? That's the GOAT, man. It's big brother right there. You know, it, it was hard to go to New York when you had a personality like that in front of you and next to you. Um, but we always made a pact. We were always the last two in the tunnel, shaking hands and welcoming everybody in and out of the tunnel. And um, Strahan knows how much he means to me and how much I mean to him. Um, it's just respect. I mean, here's a guy who did at the highest level in one city, in the biggest city for a long time. Went out on top, and he's doing really well off the field. And, and he's a guy that, you know, regardless that he's not in coaching, you really model yourself after of how he carries himself as an individual. So thought that was a really good response. And, again, going back to Michael Strahan's comments, you know, just that, that means a lot. When he's talking about AP is doing the same thing for this Raiders organization that he was doing for the team that I was on, the team that won a Super Bowl. And this is – AP is not a Hall of Famer, right? But that just shows his leadership skills go all the way back – to when he was playing as a member of the New York Football Giants. And I'm scheduled to actually have a former teammate of his on my radio show later on this afternoon. So hopefully that's going to shake out if it does. And it's a really good interview like I expected to be. Of course, I'll bring it to the podcast, uh, at least part of the to the podcast uh, here. But we'll see if it makes sure that it happens. So before I say who it is, I want to make sure that the interview actually happens. But uh, coming up in segment number two, going to talk about those narratives that are out there that the Chiefs weren't prepared. The Chiefs have a problem. The Chiefs can't get it done. How about giving the Raiders some props for what they did going into Arrowhead and earning that victory? Don't hear a whole lot about that. We'll talk about it coming up in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about the title sponsor of the show, which is Game Time. And if you've ever had to try to go get last minute tickets, it's a little stressful at times, right? Well, Game Time's trying to make sure it's not stressful for you and they've got tickets and uh, the opportunity for you to get tickets for anything I'm just talking sporting events uh, concerts comedy shows theater whatever the case may be whatever is around you you can get hooked up with tickets through game time they got last minute deals that are great all in prices view from your seat the best price guarantee it takes the guesswork out of buying tickets, which is great, right? You don't want to have though that that guesswork, right? They've got zone deals. You pick the section. Game time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Again, they're taking the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. So how do you do that? Right now, download the Game Time app, create an account, use promo code Locked On NFL for $20 off your purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, use the promo code Locked On NFL. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, 
your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to talk about the outlets that are out there. And there's a lot of folks and a lot of narratives right now going around. And uh, I was really disappointed to see the coverage of the Raiders and Chiefs game. And I saw it on all kinds of different networks. And hell, look, I got a show on ESPN and I saw a lot of it on ESPN as well, where it was more... The Chiefs have a problem. What's wrong with the Chiefs? Why did the Chiefs overlook the Raiders going into Arrowhead as opposed to just giving the Raiders some props for going in there with the game plan and and executing it to the best of their ability and really punching the Chiefs in the mouth repeatedly, right? I mean, look, it's, it's the holiday time, so you know the Christmas story is playing. The, the Raiders went into Arrowhead and acted like Ralphie as far as I'm concerned, and I'm not a guy who watches too many Christmas movies, but I've seen that one, and I saw Ralphie whoop up on the bully, right? And that's kind of what it reminds me of. Kind of remind me of the fact that Ralphie wasn't taking it no more. And he started beating the brakes off homeboy even when uh, his mama came around heard him cussing. <laughs> right? It didn't stop. But, you know, honestly, to hear, to hear outlets saying that, well, the Raiders or the Chiefs weren't prepared. The Chiefs didn't prepare hard enough. You know, the Chiefs have uh, identity crisis on offense. We're, they, two things could be correct, right? They could have those issues. But I'll tell you right now, as far as the Chiefs not being prepared – I think that that's the laziest take ever. There is not a time in the history of man, there is not a time in the history of Raiders-Chiefs football that the Chiefs do not want to win that game. I don't care if the Raiders came in 0-16 with one game left to go and they were 16-0. The Chiefs want to beat the brakes off the Raiders at all times, right? I mean, look, even Lincoln Kennedy on the broadcast and on my radio show on, on Tuesday said, man, I was hoping that the Raiders would put up 70 points on them. I mean, there's nobody that doesn't, want to win that game, right? There's certain games that you could see a victory and then, was, okay, well, you know, call off the dogs or whatever like that. But there is never a time in Raiders-Chiefs that the Chiefs don't want to beat the brakes off of the Raiders, especially at Arrowhead. And, oh, by the way, I don't know if this narrative was forgotten. And, again, I understand that the Chiefs aren't clicking on all cylinders offensively. I get that, right? But they still have a really good defense. And what were they playing for on Monday? They were playing for the eighth straight division title. They were playing for an opportunity to be the number one seed. With that loss, they cannot, and I say that in all caps. If it was a text, I'd be screaming at you. They cannot get the number one seed. They will have to go on the road in the playoffs, something that they don't want to do. So for anyone to think and say and have the nerve to say that it was the Chiefs that lost the game as opposed to the Raiders beating them, that's just lazy. It's a lazy narrative. It's a bad narrative and it's also somebody who's in denial right and I normally don't come on this show or any other show and go after other media outlets I normally don't do that because well I'm a member of the media and some might not agree with what I have to say but I think I like to give credit where credit's due I like to think that I'm pretty objective one way or the other if the Raiders think I'll say hey look they stink they're not good not a good team or if I feel like that they you know they they got lucky on a victory I'll say I feel like they got lucky I'll take the victory but I feel like you know, hey, okay, that was, a, that was a, a lucky win. So for two weeks in a row now, the Raiders don't get props for their victories. And I think that that's, I think that that's uh, you know, that's bogus, right? That's, that's, that's Bush League. Let's put it like that. The Raiders put up 63 points against the Chargers. And what was the narrative? Well, the Chargers quit. The Chargers quit. They didn't want to play for their coach. Again, two things could be correct. No, they didn't want to play for their coach. You could see that at some point. But the Raiders beat the brakes off the Chargers. And the reason why... The Chargers laid down and submitted was because the Raiders forced them to lay down and submit. It's like UFC, right? When you're choking someone out and they know that it's night-night time, like Steph Curry would put up, 
They're going to tap out. All right, they're done. The Chargers tapped out. They didn't walk into Allegiant Stadium and like, all right, we're tapping. They didn't say that, right? It wasn't like, oh, well, we didn't make weight. We're not going to play. No. They went in there with all intentions and purposes of beating the Raiders. And the Raiders said, no, not today. Not on our watch. And beat the brakes off them. The Raiders then turned around and traveled to Arrowhead Stadium with a stadium full of Chiefs fans knowing that they wanted to win the division for the eighth time in a row. They wanted to be the number one seed. And now with that loss, they don't have that chance. You think that they didn't focus in on this team and realize that, hey, man, this team's defense has been playing really well. They've been playing fired up for this coach. Yeah, we better be on our A game. We better make sure that things are right. No, the Raiders took their lunch money, but the strength of their defense, they held the Chiefs to negative 18 yards in the first quarter. Negative 18. That's not, that's not because the Chiefs weren't focused. That's because the defense took their lunch money. And so for anyone to come out, and I know that there's – media outlets like an ESPN or a Fox or CBS. I know there's podcasts out there that have been talking about the, the, the Chiefs didn't, uh, they lost the game as opposed to really giving the Raiders props. I just, that's just flat out wrong. It really is. And, and I'll tell you this, the way that the Chiefs are playing, I felt very comfortable in saying that I thought that the Raiders were going to win that game. I feel very comfortable right now on uh, December 27th in saying I think the Raiders are going to win out. I think the Raiders are going to win the next two games. They're going to beat the Colts, and they're going to beat the Broncos. Does that mean that they're going to make the playoffs? No. Does that mean that they're going to win the division? No, not at all. But I think that they're going to win the game. I feel very comfortable saying they're going to win the next two weeks and let the chips fall where they may. And this very well could end up being, like I've been talking about for a while, the Dan Campbell Detroit Lions type situation, right, where they don't make the playoffs, but they finish off the season so strong, everyone knows that, hey, man, that team is close. Because I do believe that about this Raiders team. This team is close. They're a game-changing quarterback away. They're probably a dynamic offensive play caller away from being a really good team. They can add a couple more pieces on defense. You can never not have enough. But what they're doing right now, the way that they're playing, the way that they're coming out that locker room for Antonio Pierce, they're not as far away as people think. They really aren't. And, so, and a lot of young players are stepping up and contributing. That's something to get excited about. So... If you hear somebody, Raider Nation, if you hear anybody, I don't care who it is, not trying to give the Raiders props for their victory on Christmas against those Kansas City Chiefs, they went in there like the bloodthirsty pirates that uh, Freddie Coleman always talks about on ESPN. Those bloodthirsty pirates went into Arrowhead, stole the lunch money of the Kansas City Chiefs, and didn't run away when they took it. They just took it and walked away and laughed, (laughs) right? Pillaging just for fun. That's what they did. They were pillaging for fun on Christmas at Arrowhead Stadium. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. Again, that's coming up next here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about prize picks. I'm sure you're probably asking, what is prize picks? I'm glad you did. It's the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're easiest, They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. You're not battling thousands of players, no pros, no sharks, none of that. You pick more than or less than two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in just like that. There's a couple of different styles that you could play. One I'm really a big fan of, that's the combo projections. You could pick a, a, a basketball player since the NBA is in full swing, especially now that Christmas has passed, right? You know that's when the NBA really ramps up, even though their in-season tournament was pretty cool as well. You could pick anyone in the NBA, just don't pick a Detroit Piston as they're on a 27-game losing streak, so that's not probably the player, unless it's Cade Cunningham. He's playing at a high level. You could play any NBA player and any NFL player and put them together. 
And again, the same thing, stats, the, the projections, right? You pick more than or less than uh, the projections, and you watch the winnings roll in, simple like that. All you got to do to check it out is go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use the promo code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use the promo code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix is daily fantasy sports made easy. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation, in segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and text draft that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's get a call from Raider Ricky in Virginia. He's calling to talk about Devontae Adams and what he believes the Raiders should do in the offseason. Here he is, Raider Ricky in Virginia. What's up, Q? It's Raider Ricky from Virginia calling in. Just awesome win to piggyback off your podcast yesterday. Um, great win for the Raiders. I agree. AP should be the coach for the Raiders for next year. I love how the boys come out playing like they are on fire. That defense is the best I've seen in quite some time. It's so odd to have a defense that good. But uh question is on offense, uh, I don't want to be Debbie down or anything, but this offseason, just my opinion, I I think we got to get go away from Adams. I think we need to try to get a first. We know the Jets want him. We know Aaron Rodgers want him. We might be able to get more than that. But uh, it just seems to me that AOC and even Garoppolo was just like force feeding him, waiting for him to get open. And I think it's bogging down the offense just a little bit. I mean, the connections that O'Connell has with Myers uh, and Tucker. I just feel like they try to go to Adams, and it just bogs down drives. Uh, but that's just my opinion. Uh, I think we we should do that, get extra pit, picks to use that on the O-line or whatever it may be that we need at the time. But uh like to know your thoughts. Enjoy your show, as always. Let's go Raiders. Thanks so much for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And to be honest, man, I don't think the Raiders are going to move on or trade him unless he wants to be traded. And that's because they have a lot of respect for him. He carries a lot of weight in the organization as far as uh, feedback that he gives Mark Davis. I think he enjoys that. I know that everything's not going great for him. I know he only had one catch for four yards on, on Monday, which is not going to cut it. Uh, but I think, that, I think that they'll keep him. And you mentioned Myers. You mentioned Tucker. You know why those guys are open a lot? Because of 17. Because of Devontae. You know why Josh Jacobs or Zamir White are able to run with a pretty clean box? Because of 17. Because of 17, right? So you take him out of the equation, things change a little bit. They don't have that threat, that number one threat. Now, they do have to figure out how to use him correctly, right? They do have to find out the, you know, the, the middle even of where they don't force feed him. Remember, it took Carr a while, too. Remember when, uh, when, when Devontae was, was with the team for the first year last year? You know, it was like, okay, the first game, they targeted him, what, 17 times? And then another game, they didn't target him that much. And, you know what I mean? So they tried to figure out how to use him. And when you have a dynamic player like that, it is hard to figure out how to use them. So, you know, Aiden O'Connell's getting used to it right now as a rookie. Uh, obviously, it'll be all said and done before uh, he really does. The season will be wrapped up before he really does figure out how to get it, you know, get it uh, worked out. I think that you also need to have a really good play caller that, that knows how to use a superstar. So that's also something that Antonio Pierce or whoever the head coach ends up being for the Silver and Black needs to look into. How do we get the most out of 17? How do we get the most out of the other weapons? I think that's the way to go. I don't think trading him, unless he wants to be traded. Again, I put that asterisk out there. If he wants to be traded, if he goes to MD, if he goes to the front office and says, look, I love being a Raider. It was my childhood dream. But I think that at my age, I need to go play with a winner right now. I think that they'll accommodate him. But outside of that, 
I don't see him going anywhere in 2024. Thanks so much for the call, though. I do appreciate you. Up next, got a text from Mark out of Utah. He says, hey, Q, it's Mark from Utah. First of all, I love your show. Last year, my family got Spotify for Christmas, and you were my first podcast. It's still my first listen every day. I just want to see that Mark Davis needs to keep a- I just want to say that Mark Davis needs to keep AP and Champ Kelly. I'm 57 years old, been a Raider fan since I was 10. I remember the glory days as well. I haven't been this optimistic about the Raiders in a long, long time. Thanks for what you do. Just win, baby. That's Mark from Utah. Thanks for the text. I do appreciate that. And yeah, man, the thing about it is, and I said this on my radio show on Tuesday, I don't see a coach out there. And I know somebody could throw some names at me right now. I get it. I don't see a coach out there that can do a better job with this group of of players right now than Antonio Pierce. And the reason I say that before you throw Jim Harbaugh's name or Ben Johnson or, you know, any other name that's out there, I know there's a handful of of hot names and, you know, people are looking at, you know, Frank Smith. I, I get that. I get that. But Antonio Pierce has these guys believing in themselves. He's got them having that Raiders swagger. They they're out there expecting to win games. It's like, like I said, on, on, uh, on Tuesday, it wasn't, the win wasn't a, a, a Christmas miracle. The win was a Christmas expectation for the Raiders. They expect to win these games now, right? I mean, he's got them just – he's got the pulse of the team. He really does. He, he knows exactly what it means to be a Raider, uh, all of that. I just think with the right cast of characters, of coaches around him, he'll be fantastic, and he's just continuing to grow. That's why I look at it like, yeah, you could bring Jim Harbaugh in right now, and he'd probably be a great immediate fix. Right, He probably would, would help this team get turned around quick, fast, and hurry. But he also would be done in about four years. And he also would be asking for all the power in the world and all the money in the world, too. And I don't think that that's a good direction. The Raiders, if they want to act like a well-organized and a well-oiled machine as far as an organization goes, a head of op- football operations would be great. GM Champ Kelly would be great. Antonio Pierce as the head coach would be great. And then you figured out this oh, – Keep Patrick Graham, which is going to be difficult. It ain't going to be easy, but keeping Patrick Graham is a must as well as far as I'm concerned. And then figure out what else you want to do. If you want to bring in a new OC, bring in a new OC. You want to bring in people that you're familiar with, bring in the people you're familiar with. You know, I, I, I trust this dude, and I think that this would be a really great hire, a guy that just loves being a Raider, a guy that gets emotional after a win in Kansas City. Right. I mean, you heard him in segment number one. If you didn't hear the whole uh, Antonio Pierce presser on on Tuesday, I I actually encourage you to go back and listen to it because it was fantastic. I actually played the whole thing on my radio show, which is random. I don't normally do that, but it was that good. I thought it was it was worth playing. So I did. Uh, He he gets it. And so I I just don't think that there's a better guy out there. Now, they're going to go through the interview process because they have to. And maybe they find a diamond in the rough. Maybe they find someone that they just can't live without. If that's the case, cool. So be it. But I think that the right guy for the job is the right guy in front of you right now. And I'm, when I say in front of you, I mean in front of Mark Davis. Thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Uh, let's go to Raider X. He's up next. He's calling after listening to AP's presser, not once, but twice. Here he is, Raider X. Hey, Q, this is Raider X. Man, I got so much feeling, so many emotions. You know, this Raider win, you know, the coach, the players, everything. Man, I don't even know where to start. I mean, I, I feel like I just, I don't even know how to be, begin with my, you know, just, I feel like right now, I, I, I listened to Coach Antonio Pierce's press conference twice in entirety. I mean, I just love hearing him speak. Imagine if I was a player. I mean, this guy, he, he motivates me. He, he gives me wisdom and gives me insight and fires me up to sit there and, and want to be more, um, you know, not only as a player, but, you know, 
even you know, probably his staff gets motivated to sit there and want to coach better, want to sit there and get more details, want to, man, even the medical guy want to take better. Wow, I, I, I'm, I'm impressed. I really am impressed. Um, man, that's all I got to say. This, it, it, it's an awesome feeling being a Raider fan, especially end of the year. This is normally, you know, the time of year we're like, damn, let's start looking to the draft. But heck no. I want to see some Raider football. Suck them in the nose. Yeah, thanks so much for the call, my man. And you heard what I just said about about the press conference. Like, I thought it was so good. I ran the whole thing in its entirety, not just little cuts here and there like I did in segment number one. I ran the whole thing. You know, and I probably could have done it on the show, but it was 14 minutes long. And, well, the, the, the powers that be would tell me that that's too long of a segment. So I didn't do that. But, yeah, he, 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 was, he was good. He was really good. And he, he, he made his case, as far as I'm concerned, for being the head coach. Like, he knows what he's doing. And he's doing a hell of a job, and he's leaving it out there so everyone hears it, including Mark Davis. And believe me, they all hear all of it. Thanks so much for the call. Appreciate you. Up next, got a text from Rev Raiders. He said, what up, Q? Watching the coverage on the game from Monday, and they seem to be making a whole lot of excuses for the Chiefs. The bottom line is we did that. The Raiders made them look worse than they already looked. We coming. Rev Raiders. Hey, man, great text. That goes back to everything I said in segment number two. Great text. And, yeah, I saw that too, and that made me want to – start to actually, you know, I don't want to say, like I said, blast the media members, but that's just laziness. That's, that's, why, that's why we talked about what we talked about in segment number two of the show. Thanks so much for that. I do appreciate you. I got a couple more. Oh, man, let me get one more quick call in. This is from yours truly in PA. He's calling to talk about how he feels speechless for a good reason. Talks about a couple more pieces the Raiders could be looking for to make a move uh, to make this team even better following the season. Here he is, yours truly in PA. Thank you. It's uh, yours truly here in PA. And for once in my life, I'm speechless, but for a good reason. This defense is everything, man. And like you said in the show, we got to give Patrick Graham his flowers. He is really turning this thing around. The past nine years, we've had bottom-tier defense. And I think since AP took over, we've got, like, what, a top five, top six defense in the league right now? Now, imagine if we had, you know, a good quarterback, maybe, like, D.C. back at quarterback and, you know, a decent offensive play caller. I mean, Bo Hardegree's doing a good job, but someone who has more experience. And imagine – what this team could be if we had last year's offense with this year's defense, man. I'm just, I'm excited. And AP, I 100% agree. He, he's earned the job. He's, the Raiders are playing like Raiders. Like, we're playing smack you in the mouth. Don't care what you got to say about it. And that's that. Run the ball down your throat. We don't care. I mean, this is the Raiders I grew up watching since the last Super Bowl they were in. So, I mean, this is great. I mean, Merry Christmas, and uh, yeah, I'm just I'm beyond excited, and I can't wait to see what this team's got coming. I mean, we just got to hit the draft this year, maybe get a, a better quarterback in free agency to, you know, bring the new quarterback along. But I like where this team's headed, and uh, man, I, I'm just excited. Got one more thing for you, Hugh. Peace out, man. Merry Christmas. Yes, sir. Thanks for the call. Appreciate you. The defense is shining. Graham has done a fantastic job all season, but he's really ratcheted things up uh, ever since AP took over on November 1st. Um, there, there are pieces that need to be upgraded for sure. Uh, the quarterback, I think, is definitely one. Play caller, I definitely think, is another. 
O-line, continue to build that. You know, decide what you're going to do at the center position. Is Andre James coming back? Is Dylan Parham the, the center of the future? If so, okay, who's your guard, right? I mean, there's, there's still some pieces that could be had. You can even grab a couple pieces on defense as well. But I mentioned it in segment number two, and I'll say it again. I don't think this team is as far away as a lot of people believe. I really do think that there are a couple minor moves here and there. And obviously, if they go and get a quarterback, that's a major move. But outside of that, a few minor moves away from being where they need to be. Give AP an opportunity to prove who he can be. And I think you're going to see a winner. I really do. I'm excited about the the direction that the team is going. I think whenever the offseason hits, it's going to be a fun, exciting offseason. I, you know, I want to say I can't wait, but I can because I want football games, <laughs> right? I want to see as many games as possible, but I think this offseason is going to be fantastic. You're going to see the Raiders built like the Raiders need to be built, and uh, that's, that's going to be a lot of fun. And I know that's going to get Raider Nation very fired up and excited. So uh, thanks so much for the call. I appreciate you. That's all I got time for on today's show. Still got a text from the 831, a barber out of Watsonville. We'll get to that. Nathan Walsh, we'll get to his call. Uh, we got plenty of more feedback as well. We'll officially start to turn the page from the Chiefs and start to pay attention to the Indianapolis Colts, who, by the way, they're playing for the playoffs as well. So they got a lot riding on the line. But as I mentioned earlier in the show, I think the Raiders went out. I think they win the next two games. I think they beat the Colts in Indy, and I think that they beat the Broncos at Allegiant and close out the season and say, well, if there's some help out there to be had, help us, right? And then we'll get some extra games. If not, well, that's all right. That was a hell of a way to finish off the season and, you know, a great, uh, a great resume builder, continue to be a great resume builder for one Antonio Pierce. So until tomorrow, Raider Nation, uh, we'll have the crossover edition as well. So we'll be talking all things Colts and Raiders. But until then, uh, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.